0: You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to the Joe Martino Show. I am excited today to talk to you about self-esteem, self-view, whatever word we wanna use there, I wanna to talk to you about it. This is the Joe Martino Show where we talk about all things relational because all things relational are what make us human and that's what we wanna to explore. Today, what I wanna explore with you is this idea of self-esteem. How do we come to it and how do we operate in a way that helps us to have a healthy self-view and helps us to move forward in our relationships with other people, with ourselves, so that we can impact the world in a positive way. Now, before we get into how do we actually form our self I think we do have to talk about something that's kind of like the pink elephant in the room whenever you're talking about self-esteem, especially with a bunch of counselors, which I get to do pretty frequently. What we've tried in the past hasn't worked. As a society, somehow we came up with this idea that we could just tell you you're great at everything reward you without making you put in an effort and you'd have a good self-esteem somehow like fake success would breed real success that obviously doesn't work this idea that we have experimented with really this experiment of an idea that we can just give awards for showing up that no matter what you get an award you can be good you can be great you can do anything you want to do it isn't working, it just isn't. Our kids don't believe it, certainly when they become adults, they don't believe it, but definitely, even as kids, most of them don't believe it. You couple this experiment with another experiment that we're doing where we're trying to keep kids from any and all pain, any and all discomfort uh we're we're trying to to remove any obstacle from them right the The lawnmower parent is the current term, helicopter parent of yesterday and then and then there 's sports parent right or or performance parent where where you 'll get your identity from being a soccer player or a classical pianist or maybe relationship right if you are popular or if you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend then you 'll be then you 'll be popular and, and then you 'll have an understanding of who you are and and your your self view will come from your relationship so if you have a boyfriend that you can take. To homecoming and the prom, or your girlfriend can go to homecoming and the prom with you, then you'll have this grand self esteem, self view, self worth. And those things don't work because they're things. And what actually works is principles, right? Living a principle based life, living a values based life. And so, what we have to do is we have to find a way to understand the principles that create self view. And then as we do this, we can turn our attention to ourselves and we can look at areas where maybe we do things that we don't understand, and it helps us to better understand why we do things and then maybe how we can make some changes. So let's get into it. Self-view, whether it's good or bad, comes from three things. Our understanding of love, our understanding of our own self-empowerment, our own power issues, and our understanding of meaning, our own understanding of our own meaning, of our pursuit of meaning. No matter what your self-view is, it comes out of those three areas. So if we're going to help our children, if we're going to help our loved ones, if we're going to help ourselves have a good self-view, we have to focus on an appropriate view of those three areas. So let's start with love. First of all, love, how we understand love, certainly it comes from our family of origin system, right? So if you come from a system where love was a a legislator, (laughs) where love was a ledger, you're likely to carry that into adulthood, and the part of you that wrestles with the questions that, that are answered here, am I lovable, am I worthy of love, why am I lovable, why am I worthy of love, is going to tend to work out of a ledger. You're going to keep a scorecard, and if the scorecard's right, then you'll feel like you're loved, except we can never quite get the scorecard to work. No matter what, it doesn't actually satisfy and take us to a place where we feel loved, and our loved ones tend to feel it as well. They tend to feel like maybe we dole out love based on a ledger. And so if you draw – like, if you think about yourself as the center of a bullseye, you are the bullseye, right? And then each concentric circle going out, if we start with questions of love, why am I lovable, am I lovable, you know – those types of questions, then we start to ask ourselves, well, what happens if I don't make the standard? Maybe you came from a family that love was unconditional. Well, then in this particular area of your self-view, you will probably carry an unconditional view of self-love. One of the things that I often see in therapy is there are people who come into the room and they believe that if there's conflict, there can't be love. So they're very conflict avoidant adults. And anytime there is conflict, they feel like they have to manage the other person's emotions. And so they tend to have a poor self-view if they can't manage someone else's emotions. Well, that's like a recipe for a lot of trouble because I can't manage anyone else's emotions. They're totally responsible for their own. Maybe you grew up with absent parents. If you grew up with absent parents, alcoholic parents, you probably fear abandonment as an adult. Your spouse probably can't win because no matter what they do, it pushes you up against feeling abandoned. Because the thing that you crave the most, which we're going to talk about in Power and Meaning, is intimacy, intimate relationships. But they come at the expense of vulnerability, and we pretty much determine how vulnerable we're going to be based on how we answer the love uh, questions about our self-identity. Right? There are people who are constantly living their lives, because I meet them every day. They are constantly living their lives based on this idea of, if my spouse actually knew what was going on. If Dave actually knew what was going on in my head, it was going on in my mind, he wouldn't love me. If Renee actually knew me, she wouldn't love me. If she really knew the real me, like there's some sort of shadow me running around, she wouldn't love me. And so what happens is, is our self-view starts to say, there's something fundamentally wrong with me because, because love hurts, right? And when the trouble here is, Love does hurt. One of my friends, and I've quoted him numerous times, he says that to love someone is to invite pain. To love anything is to invite pain. We had a dog named Sam for 18 years. She was the most ornery dog you'd ever meet. She bit my daughter one time. She was very food possessive. Uh, we, we worked around that. We worked around all of her orneriness. When I first saw her, I'll never forget it. She was just this little puppy. She had some sort of skin disease. She was at the pound. I picked her up and she licked me. The day we had to take her to the vet to put her down, I wept like a baby. It was painful because I loved a dog. How do you answer questions of love? That's what we need to teach our kids. That's how we help them start to form a good self-esteem self-view, self-esteem. One of the questions you have to ask yourself is how do you form questions of love? How do you form answers of love? Why do you love the people you love? Why do you think they love you? How do you handle love? How do you handle compliments? Because all of those come out of how we view ourselves. Do you expect that if most people, what do you expect of people? This is probably the best litmus test for how we answer questions of love that I have found. What do you expect of people? If the opportunity comes up, will they let you down? Are there people you know you can rely on, that you can trust, that if you needed them, they would be there for you? This is how self-esteem is formed. Because when we start to answer these questions of love, we can move ourselves into understanding that, yes, I'm lovable and I love. I give love. I receive love and in that process there is pain but it's the pain is part of what makes us human and gives us exquisite intimacy the discomfort the uncomfortableness it's worth it because the other side of that pain is love losing my dog was incredibly painful But even here as I talk to you, as I I record this episode, I think about the naps that we used to take on Sunday afternoons when she would crawl up on my chest and sleep. And I think of it fondly. Neurobiologically, we know those memories do great things for our brain and our body. The first cornerstone of a good self-view is having an accurate view of how love works in our lives. Being able to answer those core questions of am I lovable? Why am I lovable? Why do I love people? Do I trust people? All of the things that love encompasses. Now, maybe you're walking into adulthood and you're like, man, I have some messages from my family of origin that are screwing up how I love people. That's okay. You don't have to be bound by them. Once you recognize them, once you see that, hey, I have this, this way of thinking about love that isn't good, it isn't helpful, helpful, it isn't healthy, you can change. That, that's the essence of counseling. You can change it. Like if So if you're a ledger keeper, you don't have to be a ledger keeper. You can just practice giving love away without keeping score. You can practice receiving love without feeling like you have to give it back. Once you recognize that you got some sort of mixed message or a message that wasn't healthy, you can do the opposite and engage in healthiness. And maybe you can't figure that out on your own. Maybe you do need to go to a counselor. But again, if you had a sore tooth, you'd go to a dentist. If you had eye problems, you'd go to an eye doctor. Go to a counselor. Figure it out. I think that'd be awesome because you'd be healthier. How fantastic would that be? You want to help your kids? Teach them unconditional love. Just love them unconditionally. I'm not saying you excuse their behaviors. I think love does not excuse behaviors. It actually calls them to accountability and responsibility. But if you want to help your kids have a positive self-esteem, a great self-view, they have to know that they're unconditionally loved. Okay, so love is the one of the first pillars from which we form our self-esteem, our self-view. However we understand love, that starts how we form our own views about ourselves. The next one is power, right? Issues of power. What does it mean to be self-empowered? The ability to self-direct, being empowered to go where you want to go, understanding your responsibility to be able to move through change stages, uh, downside is responsibility for action. So some people avoid this. They tend to blame other people for their limitations. And parents, we often exasperate this by refusing to allow our kids to fail. And when we don't allow them to fail, the kids then become adults who never developed a resilience muscle. See, part of our self-esteem has to be our understanding of our own resilience, our own ability to endure through failure to move forward through failure to to process through failure so if your kids aren't failing at anything that's a problem make them engage difficult things make them engage things that are hard make them engage things that scare them a little bit we're so worried about protecting our kids that we're not asking ourselves what is the unintended consequences of this protection sometimes what it is is we actually make them more vulnerable to bigger pains as adults Right? So maybe you grew up and your parents were one of those lawnmower parents, one of those helicopter parents, and now you're an adult and you don't know how to endure. You don't know how to feel like you're going to be abandoned by your husband and going and talking to him. So you criticize him for everything. You shut him down. You call him out. Maybe you grew up and you were afraid that you had no power. Your mom made all the decisions for you, so you made some sort of of self-promise that you were never going to be in that position again. You were always going to have power, so you treat your wife terribly. You can change those things because they're coming directly out of your self-view. One of the things that I firmly believe is that we treat everyone through our own self-view, through our own view of ourselves, our own purchase uh, of our own position. We have to understand our own power. One of the saddest realities of life is that senior citizens are the highest risk for suicide. Middle-aged white males are coming close, but senior citizens across the board are the highest. Why? Because they lose their own sense of self-powerment, or their own sense of self-power. Excuse me, and empowerment. They lose their ability to drive. They often lose their home. They can't cook for themselves. They can't do anything for themselves and their, their mental health suffers. So if you want to raise children who have good mental health, you have to let them make some choices. So if you have a young child, it's okay if their clothes mix match, if they're the ones that picked them out. I promise you. Your middle schoolers can wrestle through their own relationship problems. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be there to listen. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be there to offer advice if it's asked for. But they can wrestle through them. I know it's excruciatingly painful. I'm a parent of four. But they can do it. You can do it. You can develop your own sense of self-power. So many of us let life happen to us. We don't happen to life. Right, oh, well, I don't like my life. Well, then change. Well, I don't like change. Well, then you're going to have to adjust and accept your life. Yeah, but I don't like my life. Well, then change. Well, but I don't like my life. Well, then change. Yeah, but I don't like change. Well, then accept and adjust your life. Yeah, but I don't like my life. And we spin and we spin and we spin because we deny our own power to change our life. Because often it'll be hard. And I hear this all the time. Well, Joe, this is going to be really hard. Yes, it is. It's going to be excruciatingly hard. It's going to be terrifyingly hard. It will be hard. And yet you can do it. Most of us need somebody to believe in us. And so you can be that person for your children. If you didn't have that growing up, be that person for yourself. Believe unwaveringly, unwaveringly in what you can do. This is one of the greatest gifts that spouses can give to each other. You can believe unwaveringly in each other. Maybe when you were growing up, you were told you were stupid. That you'd never be anything at all. That you went ought to just look at you know jobs that aren't for very bright people. I know a girl that was told that. In fact, her math teacher, I think in 10th grade, passed her because he just said, I can't help you anymore. She took some tests and they said, well, you could be a cashier. You could do like church work because I guess, I don't know. I don't, I don't even understand that one. Like I guess church work people don't, I don't know. Here's the thing. She's one of the most brilliant women you'd ever meet. Seriously, she 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 runs extremely successful corporations because she met a guy and married him, good for her, that said, what are you talking about? And he believed in her unwaveringly, and that gave her power, except it was already there. It didn't give it to her. It just exposed it. We live in one of the most privileged times in history. I don't care who you are, where you're at you can change your life. It will be painful. My own life, my wife and I were were living with three kids. We were stuck at a job that we didn't feel was right for us. We had to go back to school. So I did. I went back to graduate school. I took a full course load. I worked three jobs and we still made our family a priority because she unwaveringly believed in me. Once you have the issues of love answered, you have to answer your own issues of power. Do I like my life? What do I like about it? What don't I like about it? What could I change? What's something small and simple that you could change today about your life? You don't like your job? Go find one job that you're going to apply to in the next week. That you might like. Go join a networking site. I don't know. I hear about people getting jobs on LinkedIn. I don't understand that because LinkedIn, I don't know. If you like LinkedIn, write in and let me know why. But You can change your life. You have power. Unless somebody's doing something illegal to you, like kidnapping you, you have power and you have to live out of it. The better you understand your own issues of power, right? Like there are things that I can't do that I'm not good at. Now I can work to get better at them. I can delegate them. I could just not do them. I need to build a thing for my dogs. I'm not overly good at construction. I know a guy that is. So we worked it out. He's going to come to my house. I'm going to get the the tools. I have the tools. I'm going to get the equipment, like the wood and whatnot, and we're going to build it. And by that, I'm going to build it, and he's going to watch. He's going to show me, okay, do this, do that, and he's going to help me. He's going to lend his experience to me. I'm utilizing my power to better understand myself, to engage the things that kind of scare me, to be honest with you, because I'm not very good at them, and I don't like not being very good at something. So i got to engage it. That's how I build up my power. That's how I build up my own self-power. This is why the circle square that I talked about is so important. Because whatever on my circle, I have the power to control because it's totally in my circle. What's ever on my square, I don't because it's someone else's circle. It's their behavior, their reaction, their response. So I don't have to manage it, and so I can let it go. And that actually frees me up to live out of the power that I have to direct my own life. So maybe you don't like people. Maybe you don't like being around people. So you could maybe plan... To go to one party, go to one event where there will be people, a networking event, a poetry reading event. I don't know, something. Go on a date if you're single. Go on a date if you're married with your spouse. Utilize the power that you have. Let your kids run. Teach your kids their power. I actually teach my kids to argue with me. I got to be honest with you, there are days that I wish I didn't. But I want them to know how to argue because someday they're going to have a job and they're going to need to negotiate a salary. Someday they're going to be entrepreneurs. Some of them, one of them will be. And they're going to have to know how to negotiate. They're going to have to know how to negotiate a lease with a landlord. know, know, know how to negotiate uh, business deals. That starts with them understanding their own self-worth, that they're constantly loved. Regardless of success or failure, they're constantly loved. And that they have the power to do things. They also have the power to get back up after a failure. This is one of the most key components of a healthy self view. You have the power to get up. You have the power to try again. If you struck out last time, you can get back into the batter's box. And here's the beautiful thing about this. The more you do that, the more you develop your, resist, your resilience muscle, the more you develop your own self view. Cause you know, okay, well, I screwed up. Like one of the most liberating things was the day I realized that my wife loved me because she loved me. I can make mistakes and she's still going to love me. I don't have to earn her love. She's freely giving it to me. That helps me understand my own self-power. It's a a topic for another day, but I believe we tend to not live out of this self-power because we want things to be easy. And it isn't easy living out of this self-power. Having a good self-view isn't easy. It's incredibly hard, but it can be done. When you understand your questions of love and you understand your own self-power. The third thing is meaning, issues of meaning. This comes after the first two in development because it's very difficult to develop meaning if we don't experience love and develop everything that comes with power. We can't actually do the necessary things to create meaning because meaning comes from making our lives about more than us. That's one of the problems with the you-get-an-award-just-for-showing-up movement. We're trying to teach meaning in the exact opposite way that meaning is taught. Meaning comes from commitment. Meaning comes from struggle, from overcoming. If we spend all of our time with our children trying to remove obstacles from their lives, what do they have to overcome? If we remove all of their hindrances, what do they have to overcome? If we fight all of their battles, what do they have to overcome? Nothing. And if they have to overcome nothing, they have no meaning. They don't. And I watch people, they come into my room and the most meaningful days of their lives when they were 17 years old, 17 years old on a sports field. And that's not knocking the sport, that's knocking society. Meaning comes from having to work for things. Meaning comes from having to put effort in. Meaning comes from slugging out a relationship and wanting to quit and not quitting and going back and saying, I choose to give you unconditional love. Meaning comes from friendships that are forged in fire. And sometimes that fire is just two people trying to figure out how to get along. It's just two people saying, you know what? We're going to make this work. I'm going to have a life of meaning by making it about more than me. I'm going to spend my life in the service of the world, trying to make the world a better place. And that could be anything. Like I know a doctor who goes to Haiti every year to give medicine, and that really brings meaning to his life. I know a wealthy entrepreneur who helps fund young, or not even young, he just helps fund entrepreneurs that are just starting out, and that brings meaning to his life. I know a guy that goes and helps a Catholic priests stock a food pantry and they debate theology why they do it and nobody ever knows it anybody who ever gets that food never even knows he's there but that brings meaning we have to teach our kids that if they want to have a good self-view they have to have a proper understanding of where meaning comes from and it doesn't come from sun disease my grandma used to talk about sun disease and it's where the sun rises on one hip and traverses across the backside and sets on the other hip And I am afraid we're raising too many children that believe that that's how the sun works. And meaning comes from doing something for other people. Not not all the time, not at the expense of yourself, right? Because if we go with, with love without power, we have codependency, right? But if we go with power without love, we have manipulation. Both are really bad. If we go with love or if we go with for meaning without real love or without real power, we don't have boundaries. That's really bad. And so all three of these come together to help you form your understanding of you. So here's where this gets down to the brass tacks. If you have a bad self-view, bad self-meaning, you've got a distorted view somewhere on love, power, or meaning. Sometimes it's all three, because if we have a bad understanding of love, we'll try to grab all the power that we can get, and that isn't healthy. Real intimacy comes from shared power. Most of the time, real meaning comes from shared power, but if we can't share power because we have a bad understanding of how love works, we won't share power, and then if we don't share power, we're not going to have meaning. We'll think that meaning is just collecting all the power that we can to be safe. Might I suggest that that's part of the problem with our current political situation? There, there's no conversation. The Democrats call for the Republicans to do this. Republicans call for the Democrats to do this. People sit around the outside to do this and do that. and everybody's yelling at everybody, but nobody's willing to share power. Nobody's willing to share love. No one actually has meaning. We've lost our way on what meaning is, in part because we don't really understand what it means to spend ourselves in the service of others. Now I'm not talking about codependent service. That's not healthy. But codependent service, right? And that's where we serve people. Maybe we expect something back from them. Now we're keeping a ledger. Or maybe we serve them. We want them to be better than they want to be. We cover up all of their problems. We excuse them from their natural consequences. That's not a proper view of love or power. And it leads to an improper view of meaning. So here's some questions Who are you? What's your self view? Is, is your self view accurate? Is it healthy? How do you understand love? How do you understand your own self-power? Are you living out of your own self-power? Are you chasing something meaningful? And are you doing so in a balanced way? That's the real key question. Are you doing it in a balanced way? Because if you have a good view of love and, and power, you'll understand that you have to have balance to your pursuit of meaning. If you're not, what are you going to do about it? Write me and let me know. Write me at info at joemartino.com. I-N-F-O at Martino.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Please let me know. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. Give us a rating on the iTunes store. And if you have a question for a future show, feel free to send us an email at info at You can also go to martino.com and click on the Contact Me page. Until next time, remember change possible.